Welcome back to another Rove podcast where we are celebrating 50 years of the UAE and with that we're celebrating the young Emiratis that have been making a difference and continue to drive the country forward. And during this series we'll be chatting with some artists, performers, entrepreneurs and key people in industry. But today we are here with the man himself, Abs, who is a bit of a funny man and uh, a stand-up comedian from the UAE. Abs, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much, Paris. I kept trying to say in my head, don't say guy. Don't <laughs> say guy. His name's Paris. <laughs> As I said, even, even my mother's starting to call me guy now. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so uh, one thing I want to know is, you know, you're a, you're a stand-up comedian. Yes. And, uh, and, you know, coming from the UAE and one of the few uh, stand-up comedians from the UAE, so you're you're a pioneer. Um, but where did it all come from? Did, are you from a f- funny family? Were, was it was it jokes at home all the time? Or uh, I like to tell people. Uh, well, I'd like to brand myself as the first Emirati comedian, but really, I honestly believe my mom is the first Emirati comedian. She just hasn't been on the stage as much as I am. Um, so I think I get a lot of my humor from my mom and and our family. There's a lot of as the English say, banter, you know, bants. So <laughs> it's kind of like that in the household. There's always a bit of like teasing and like that banter amongst each other in the family. But it's all just like fun and games, you know. So I think that was the, the initial exposure to comedy in my life was, was family. Right. So it really yeah. came from your mom. And then when did you realize that you were funny? Because one of the things that I, I always want to know is are comedians are they really funny guys? Like, if you, if you met them uh, in normal life, are, are they the funniest guys you meet? Or are they funny guys who have really developed and perfected an act in order to be able to do it on stage? I think you have those two types. Uh, I would like to say, maybe add to it, that they're very emotional people. Uh, oftentimes, maybe you'd meet someone on the street and you'd think this guy looks very sad or very depressed, <laughs> but really he's hilarious on stage. Um... It, I personally I was the funny guy amongst my group I didn't have really much going on for myself really I I joked to people that I looked like Harry Potter when I was 12 I used to wear glasses and had like a, a bowl cut and I say I joke but three random people have approached me and they're like you know you look like that guy uh, from that movie uh, and they point to the DVD I remember one time in an Enoch station someone pointed to the Harry Potter I was like yeah I look like Harry Potter so I I just wanted to make people laugh. It was sort of like my goal for the day, you know. If uh, if I had a day where I didn't make someone laugh, I felt like it was a day wasted, you know. Uh, but I didn't really know much about stand-up comedy at that time until I watched a performance by Dave Chappelle, uh, his special for what it's worth, and then I realized people could actually do this as a profession or it's a thing. I didn't even know people got paid for it. I thought people just went up on stage, told stories, made people laugh. And that was like really my first exposure to stand-up comedy, yeah. So Dave Chappelle was like an early influence for you? It was the, the first influence, yeah, which is I think a great influence um, because he's just, I think, the king of comedy right now. So so which, which other comedians do you like right now? Who, who's your top your top <sighs> ones? Because they, they tend to go in and out of favor a little bit, don't they? Uh, yeah, well, to me, man, I've always had the, a top five. I mean, the way I, I say is the top three, and then there's a top five, the top three. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but the uh, the way I break it down is like a trinity, right? Uh, the the father is Richard Pryor, 
And then the son is Eddie Murphy, and then the Holy Spirit is Dave Chappelle because Dave Chappelle's comedy is timeless. It's going to transcend even our time. Uh, and then the last two, I would say Russell Peters. Uh, and I like a Arab comedian uh, who started in Lebanon, Nimr Abu Nassar. Uh, he's really great because he's also an inspiration because he's one of the very few Arab comedians that started in the Middle East that's making it abroad now in America and, and whatnot. So. Those are my top five. Who do you like? I, I'm big on Bill Burr at the moment. Yeah. Oh, so you listen to his podcast? I yeah, I listen to Bill Burr's yeah, podcast. I like his uh, his very direct, and uh, he looks at the world in a, in, a, in a way that cracks me up. You know. Yeah, very reflective guy. Like even for someone who's I think he's in his fifties and he's still learning about himself. Yeah. Yeah. Any other people you got in mind? Or I've always been big on Ricky Gervais. Um, oh, I love Ricky Gervais, yeah. man. Oh, he's amazing. So he's from yeah. this, a similar area to me in the in the UK. Essex. Uh, no, he, well, he's from Reading. Reading, Reading. Which is yeah, my not bad. far from Essex, yeah. and I'm a little bit further down towards the southwest. So when he created The Office, which was his first oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, um, classic. It related, it related to a lot of people who worked in offices, but it also related a lot to me because I'm from that area. And people like Gareth, who was this kind of his sidekick, was just, you know, it was hilarious because I knew so many people like that, you know. Yeah. And um, he just hit it on the head with those characters. And uh, the thing that I really appreciate about Ricky Gervais, I mean, most people know him as the funny man. Yeah. Um, what I see is a, is a producer, director, and actor, which is what interests me because I'm sort of doing that with my show. I produce it. I kind of, I'm the, on the front of it as well. I'm not doing comedy, but it's uh, I'm so, I've sort of got a control of the narrative, and and he he writes it, and that's that's where I think it gets uh, quite genius, and and uh, so that's what I like about Ricky Gervais is 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 more than just in front of the camera. He's also philosophical because I think he studied he had a philosophy major in uni, and a lot of his comedy like leaves you thinking, and they also have themes like science, animals. Uh, those are his actual stand-up special names, but they they leave you thinking, and not a lot of comedians do that these days. So that's I I really enjoy him. I think he's probably my favorite British comedian. Yeah. I would say. So I think what's interesting with comedians is because they're comedians, maybe you may feel this or not, but they generally can say some things that normal people can't because it's always a joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now I think in today's world, I hear more that. Uh, because of the blogging community and everybody Cancel has a, culture. Yeah, yeah everybody yeah, yeah. has an opinion now on, on social media that you can't get away with things quite so easily. How have you found that? Do you, do you, and, and also, you know, you're an Emirati from this culture and, uh, you know, do you feel that there's a line that you can't cross with jokes or are you given a bit more free reign? I mean, I've been quite fortunate, I think, uh, and I'm not sure why. <laughs> Maybe someone's protecting me behind the scenes. I'm not sure. But generally, uh, the consensus is in, in the UAE and probably in the Middle East is we don't joke about religion or politics. And we're happy that way. I, I believe so. I mean, I'm happy that way. I speak for myself. Um, but I remember early on when I started about 10 years ago, a lot of people would give me comments uh, or feedback about things I'd say. And it's like, that's not true. You know, you shouldn't really say this about, you know, Emiratis or people who live here or things about Arabs. And 
I think those people tend to forget that it's it's a comedy show. It's a joke, you know. And Ricky Gervais explains it the best way in one of his specials. Is like just because I do a joke about something that's very like derogatory or like controversial, it doesn't mean like I am I'm the spokesperson of that controversial thing, or like I I I acknowledge it or like I support it. It's, I'm just saying a joke. I'm here to just make you laugh. Which in itself is quite hard if you think about it. You're standing in front of people you have zero interaction with, okay, from different backgrounds, different levels of, of the language you're communicating in, and you're just there telling ideas, you know, or stories sometimes that are based on real life. But for some reason, there's, there's one person, and it, sometimes, sadly, it takes one person to ruin the whole thing, uh, especially in, 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 our, in, in the world right now, like Twitter and stuff, like the voices are amplified. You know, back in the day, if you didn't like something, you'd just be like, oh, I don't like this, I don't have to come. But now everyone's a critic, you know? I don't know if you've experienced something like that in, in your field. Well, I stay away from a lot of controversial things, but yeah, I, I do get it sometimes. You've got to... You've you got can't to avoid it. You yeah. really can't. Yeah. yeah. But I'm sorry, you're saying I interrupted. Yeah, like, I stay quite neutral, but I have the backbone to stand up to it if I want to be controversial. I just guess I'm. I, I just guess I'm. You, you've got to be willing to take on those battles. I think as well, what helps you is that you have a British accent, so yeah. <laughs> you can just they'll be like, "Oh, he's just he's got that lovely British accent. He can get away with anything." Do you know what? You know? We do get away with a little bit more you because do, yeah. of that, right? We yeah. really do. And yeah. and the thing is, is in the in the UK, um, we our way of bonding is to pick on somebody's weakness and absolutely throw it up. <laughs> yeah, banter. And yeah, so yeah. whether it's racist, whether it's uh, sexist, whether it's uh, uh, bigotry or whatever, but it, but we all know that if it's done in a joke, mm. that actually it's all right. And that's how we bond with each other, right? And, yeah. and, and it's all, like, but, but you, you give it, you take it. Mm. But the good thing about that is that it takes the seriousness away from those things because those things are really bad things that we wouldn't want said in any other way. So w when I went to Canada, for example, they won't accept any talking about anything like that. Oh, wow. So, so, but then I believe that that actually makes the divide worse it because does. you're pretending not to say things or know things or, or realize things, which yeah. I actually think is not a, a good idea. Um, but in the UK, we, we like to joke about our differences and and we're all cool with that. And um, yeah, I think it's making the uncomfortable comfortable. Yeah, you know. And it's funny you say that about British humor amongst you know your your friends or your peers because it's quite similar uh, between Emirati guys. I would say I wouldn't know about girls, um, but I remember like growing up, it was always like. <laughs> I remember there was a guy in school and a poor guy. He had a stutter, you know. But people would make fun of him, and and then it's weird that through that bullying or that humor. He actually overcame his stutter, whereas I feel like if you were in a politically correct environment, they'd be like, oh, don't, don't make fun of his stutter. I mean, always have had a stutter, you yeah. know. Uh, that's just one example, but it's always about banter. It's always about, like, picking on someone, and, and you're expected to, to return it, you know. And it's just a, I guess it's good sportsmanship, Yeah, if you think about it. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I mean, I went to boarding school where no, wow. nothing got nothing got passed. You know what I mean? We, we, you know, kids at boarding school were little rats, you know, like we'd find something and that's, you know, it was five minutes before someone was in there. But you know what? 
it all toughened us up and and I don't think it was a bad thing but you know the world is changing now and whether that's good or bad I don't know but um, I do look at my nephew who's uh, I believe is 13 now you know he's growing up in a world where kids are a lot softer than than how they were and maybe we're a lot softer when I listen to my dad talk probably yeah yeah um well first of all I just realized how how much posh you are and (laughs) <laughs> going to a, going to a boarding school, I'm just like, okay, all right, I've met my match here. Um, but yeah, boarding school as well. There's like the boarding school antics, you know. It's yeah. you, you you just have to develop tough skin, yeah. you know. And uh, I think there's two ways you can look at it. You can either react to it negatively, or you can react to it positively. And uh, positively is by joking about it or laughing about it, you know. It's that thing where they say, just let it go in one ear and out the other. But I think you should also react to it rather than let it bottle up, you know. Um, obviously, I'm not saying don't be sensitive. Maybe there are things, there are lines that you, you can cross that are very sensitive, you know what I mean, for certain people. It's like I could be talking to another British person. I'd be like, oh, these chips are good. It's like, it's crisps, you know. It's like, okay, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know, like, I mean, to, like, piss you off, you know, you Yankee. And it's like, I'm not a Yankee, you know. It's like, I'm a, English, so... I get it, but as a comedian, when you're on stage, you can't sit there and figure out every person's sensitivity, you know? Uh, there's another great comedian who passed away, Patrice O'Neill. Uh, I remember he did the show, and it was an a, a audio recording, and he was just saying, talking to someone in the audience, he's like, why aren't you laughing at that? Like, he was literally talking to one of the audience members. She's like, she's not laughing because she has some deep depression inside her that I can't heal, but she's throwing it at me with her her face and it's like he's like just laugh about it and he like you know he just picks on her and i think she starts laughing about it because he acknowledged that he made the uncomfortable comfortable you know what i mean so uh yeah I, i'm glad to hear we're both on the same page there Paris. yeah so i find that interesting you said you've had a little bit of you know feedback but it hasn't been that 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 bad for you but even uh, we mentioned ricky gervais as one of them and i think most comedians are now finding it very difficult so you know, even in the Western world, they're fighting a lot of backlash. Um, so, you know, it's actually maybe quite a good environment for you here. But but yeah. h- how have you found the UAE to kind of su- support what you're doing in performing arts and stand-up comedy? And how is the scene here? Um, well, compared to 10 years ago, it's much better. Um, the issue is we don't really have a an organizational support. There's no sort of like, I don't want to like mention names, but there's no, I guess, financial backing to it from a higher up organization. It's all run by comedians. All the shows that you see in, in town are pretty much run by comedians. One out of maybe 10 international acts, maybe someone's supported by a local comedian only recently in 10 years, you know? Whereas an uh, abroad, if there's a visiting comedian, let's say from America, uh, or s- the West, they'd have an opening, a local opening act. And I was quite fortunate enough to, I know I'm, I'm maybe tooting my own horn here, I'm th- I don't mean to, but like when Wayne Brady came for the Coca-Cola Arena, I was quite fortunate enough to open for him. Uh, and I don't know, or I haven't heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't heard of any local comedian act opening for an international act here, you know? Although there's plenty of comedians, by the way. I'm not the only Emirati comedian. I think there's about five Emirati comedians. 
Um, but that's the thing. It's, it, it's not at the level that I would like to see compared to, let's say, Saudi Arabia. I mean, Saudi Arabia has three comedy clubs, which, yeah, exactly, wow. blows my mind. Um, Do they have a lot of comedians from there? Uh, they have a lot of Saudi comedians, uh, and most of them perform in Arabic, uh, and it's doing really good, and they've got like millions of views on YouTube, and they're also sponsored by like organizations, and I think one of them sponsored by Pizza Hut, which is very weird. It kind of makes me jealous because I do like Pizza Hut, but uh, <laughs> uh, whereas here we don't have a comedy club, you know, and in the UAE we have we do comedy in three different languages. Yes. As far as I know, there could be more, but I know that there's an English, there's Arabic, and there's uh, the Desi comedy, which is like in Hindi, Urdu, you know? So I think on paper it sounds great, but in practice it's 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 not the same. And do you focus on the English-speaking market? Uh, I do, because uh, I th- tend to think in English. It's funny, I think in English, but if you piss me off, I'll start speaking Arabic. <laughs> it's, I think it's more offensive. <laughs> no, it's, I think that's how you find out where someone is truly from Is when you start pissing them off That's uh, angering them That's when, And then they start cussing It's like, okay, now I know where he's really from But I, I do do stand up in Arabic uh, Not as frequently Because the Arabic scene here isn't that great To be honest There's a few uh, Arab comedians like Iman Khalouf And Mohammed Badr And they're trying to um, you know, Get the scene going But they're having a lot of trouble with that yeah, and a lot of the Arabic-speaking comedians have realized that, and they've just shifted to English. And we all speak English here. It's yeah. weird. There's like 180, 190 nationalities here, and we all s- communicate in English. Do you find being, you know, an Emirati comedian, which I guess is a rare commodity? I think you said there's like five of you, five mm. of you. As far as I know, yeah. Is that is that helpful? Is that does that give you a sort of nice niche, or how does it work? Uh, you know what. I'm I'm glad. I think two years ago, before the pandemic, we had a a uh, Emirati night stand up comedy show, and the whole lineup were Emiratis that did stand up um, in English. Now I say there's only five comedians uh, that I know of. I mean, there might be someone. I sh- I'm sure someone's going to comment on this podcast and be like, "No, I'm a comedian." Like, I'm sorry, I didn't. I've never seen you in my life, mate. But uh, it's good. And bad, like from a competitive point of view, it's good because it's like, okay, I'm, I'm coming up with original content and that's realistic. But ideally, I'd like to see more because we are funny people. The one thing I'd love to see really is a female Emirati comedian. There used to be one about six years ago, Shada Ibrahim, but she moved to the UK. She married an Englishman. And look at you guys. You're doing so well. You're stealing our women. Um, and she moved to the UK, but I don't think she does stand-up anymore. So she was the only female Emirati comedian. And that just boggles my mind. You know, I don't know why 10 years later we don't have a female Emirati comedian. If you're listening to this, well, please... Well, we like to have, uh, you know, rights on all anything funny. So when we heard <laughs> you guys were cracking jokes, we started stealing your comedians. <laughs> exactly, <Yeah>. man. <laughs> oh, this man. Like col- <laughs> colonial ways. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> This guy, already, we started. <laughs> started with a banter, a roast battle. This is turning into a roast battle instead of a podcast. <laughs> so uh, At least we have the shatafa, man. At least we have the bum gun in the toilets. So, <laughs> so uh, looking to the future, how? what would you like to see coming to the UAE or, or developing in the UAE to help really bring that through so that 
comedians are coming from the grassroots level and, and growing through? What, what needs to be in the ecosystem? That's a very tough one, man. I feel like you've given me the sole responsibility to <laughs> uplift the comedy scene. Um, ideally, I would like to see more uh, organizational support. Uh, I'd like to see maybe comedians perform at a university level. Uh, in America, they do a lot of university tours. Um, there's some resistance here. I've contacted a few universities in the country, and as soon as I mentioned stand-up comedy, for some reason, even though they're, they promote art, and stand-up comedy is an art form, uh, they just you know turn a, a blind eye. Uh, so there's a lot of resistance in that sense. It's sort of like a rags-to-riches story. It's like you just have to survive and hustle. It's a lot of hustle culture. Uh, the other thing I'd like to see is more local acts supporting international acts. I think a lot of international acts want to come to Dubai, not just to perform, but also for tourism. From what I've heard, excuse me, well, from what I've heard in the grapevine, that a lot of the international comedians come here and they just want to explore Dubai, you know, and at the same time perform. I've messaged a few comedians who are stopping over in Dubai. And I'm talking about blue tick, 200,000 plus followers. And I'd be like, hey, I just noticed you're in town. If you want to do a spot, let me know. They're like, man, I'd love to, but I've got a tight schedule. I'm really here for tourism. But if something frees up, I'm down, you know? So it's funny. As a comedian, right, I can go anywhere in the world and be like, I'm a comedian. And we sort of understand each other's language. We understand the struggle we've had. But here, yeah, I would love to see more support. The, the audience love it. Sometimes we have a lot of regulars come through. I have people who message me and be like, when's the next show? There's just no advertisement. There's no proper marketing, unfortunately. Yeah, that integration is needed because we're now getting big name uh, comedy acts. And some of the local comedy acts here are maybe not known so much among the people here. You know, so for example, like... Uh, they would pay for tickets for Michael McIntyre to come over. Yeah. Um, but wouldn't necessarily know some of the local acts here and but would find them funny and would continue to watch them if they knew about them. So, No, sadly, that's exactly... You, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Uh, people here do love comedy. And I think if they knew their local comedians, it's... it's I don't want to say it's funnier, but it'd probably be as funny. I mean, there's a lot of niche things that only people who are raised in Dubai or the UAE understand. And there's certain things that are global, that translate abroad. You know, I could be saying something about happening in Dubai, and then I'm in New York, let's say, and I say the same thing. They're like, oh, yeah, that, ex that exactly happens the same thing here, you know? And the thing I like about here in the UAE, personally, is I can be a room with, like, Russians, British, Arabs, uh, Asians, and I could talk about one specific uh, nationality, and everyone will understand that joke. You know, it's a, it's a melting pot, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? That uh, Comedy does translate. It's, uh, you know, we, we think that, uh, I mean, we always talk about it in, in the UK that Americans don't understand our humor, but they love our humor. They do. They do. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, fine, they, they like to do it their way, but we also, we watch Friends and we love that. But it's different. It is a different humor, but we do like their humor and they do like our humor. Yeah, and we're in the middle of things, right? We have, like, the UAE is in the middle of the world. We have a lot of uh, Western influence from, I guess, the Brits and the Americans and 
Like Netflix, I keep telling people like America's one because we all understand the same memes, you know. Even me, I'm talking to you. It's this this amalgamation of a Western American accent, you know. But I can I can put on a British one if you want, Paris, if you'd <laughs> like, mate. I could do a posh one, on Michael Caine, if you want, mate. Just, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, how we speak. Cockney, yeah. Might be able to get a job in a taxi. Yeah. If you do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd love to. I'd love to wear like full Kandora and just put on that accent yeah. and just like freak people out. Well, that happened to me once because I, in fact, you know, here's a story because we're here in in the Rove Podcast Studio, uh, part of Emar, and one of the guys who I met at Emar and I was doing business with in the full Kandora, and I and I realized his English was very good. I said, "So, did you study?" Uh, in the UK, said, no, my mother's English. I was like, oh, so you're half-half? I said, yeah. I said, where are you from? He says, I'm from Bristol. And that's where I'm from now. Before I give you the, the what he said next, I have to explain that that area of where I'm from, everybody speaks like pirates. Okay. It's the funniest <laughs> accent you've ever heard. Right? Okay. Everybody speaks a bit like that. Because uh. everybody, everybody works on the farms. Right? <laughs> okay. So you hear that ours. And then all of a sudden, I said, oh, you're from Bristol. He goes... I didn't realize it. And then he starts speaking in the accent. He goes, oh, so you don't mean to I speak like this then? <laughs> no and I'm watching way. this guy in a full Kandora speak and, and I, I couldn't hold, couldn't That's hold it amazing, in. amazing, it man. It's hilarious. I think you wouldn't really see that anywhere else in the Middle East. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't go to Saudi Arabia and you'd meet some Saudi guys. I'm wrestling. Like, you wouldn't see that. But because, like I said here, there's so many nationalities, there's so many mixes. It's uh, hilarious. I'd love to actually film a little show where I go into the mall and interview people in different accents like... Like an Irish one would be grand, you know, just going around there with the, with the Kandora. <laughs> Kona Satatu, where are you? That's fantastic. Yeah. That's actually a good accent. Uh, I just got back from Ireland. And oh, yeah, where about? That would work. I did a whole tour of the whole country. You just keep going around the world, don't you? Yeah. And then if you can't go around the world, this is the, the guy. I don't know if you guys have seen the show. Paris is probably the guy who's traveled the most during the pandemic. I think they've I got like, away with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I did. I've been. Yeah. I've, I've just. I went to Egypt recently. I went to uh, Ireland and France. So yeah, I just had to get out. You know. Damn man. But, um, so finally, um, what would be your advice to your younger self or to somebody coming through the ranks right now, starting off and wanting to get a position and and uh, become somebody who can stand up in front of people and crack good jokes man it's it's funny how you say that because uh like I've, I've said i don't i don't mean to take this to a dark turn but comedians are quite emotional i've had a lot of dark times in my life where i just thought it wasn't worth carrying on but do carry on because you'll reach a point in life where you where you have a moment and it's just a tiny moment you'll have and then you realize, man, I'm so glad I carried on. It was so worth it, you know? So th that's my advice to anyone who's doing anything or pursuing anything, whether it's comedy or, or a dream you have. Like, there's going to be a lot of lonely nights. There's going to be a lot of dark times. But trust me, one point in your life, you'll reach a moment and you'll just be like, that was worth it. You know what? That's really good advice. We'll end that on there. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming to join Thank the you. podcast. Thank you. Absolutely. Guys. That was fantastic. Cheers. You guys, if you want to comment on anything, then please follow us on social media at Rove Hotels and join us for the next episode.